1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Take Cast. My name is Davis Matic. You guys can find me on Twitter, at Davis Matic. In this episode of the show, I'm joined by my buddy, Pat Mayo, to discuss a little bit of everything, uh, little bits of uh, Canadian trucker protest, uh, appreciating movies that are not critically all that good. Of course, Pat had to give me some shit about how bad I am at uh, at Twitter and, and how awfully online i am we do a little bit of a uh, little bit of bitcoin cryptocurrency chatter all of that good stuff it's always a good time chatting with pat so i hope that you guys enjoyed the show if you want bonus episodes of this show you can subscribe on patreon.com slash take or you can just support the show by leaving a rating a review on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts let's go ahead and get into the show all right, everyone, it's been a while I don't even actually remember the last time we did this. Um, you know, but uh, certainly I think the last time Mr. Mr. Pat Mayo was on the show when we did one of these episodes. It was uh, before the Canadian trucker convoy, and uh, I you know the world. The world looked a lot different. I think we were talking. We it might have even been before the uh, the Omicron variant swept the uh, the Western Hemisphere. So. It's uh, you know, we're we're officially two years later uh, from from the first time we did one of these, and uh, it's uh, it's an interesting world we live in, Pat.
0: I can't believe it's been two years. Uh, two years, a number of very, very just inaccurate takes.
1: So many inaccurate recall. takes. Well, yeah, the no, first no, one we did of these, remember, we didn't even put it out. Is that true? We did one. I so I went on a vacation before March 12th or 13th, whatever the day was, when when the United States decided to shut down. And you and I had done a podcast right before I went on vacation that I was going to put out while I was gone. And we both messaged each other. And we were like, we should not not release this at all because it was startlingly inaccurate takes on the novel coronavirus. So that one didn't even ever make it to air. And then we re-recorded when I got home.
0: That tracks, that that sounds about right. We probably shouldn't have released any of them to tell you the truth.
1: No, no, we shouldn't have. Uh, the, the the feedback, well, the, you know, I, I think at this point, uh, the people who listen to you and I do shows together, they know they know what they're getting into. Like no one who's gonna get really mad makes it five minutes into one of these episodes, I think.
0: I think people see who's on the show to begin mm-hmm. with. Like if it's my show and they say you, there's going to be like 80% of the audience who says, you know, fuck this. Uh, right. I don't want to listen. And then the other 20% really seem to enjoy it. So I assume it's the same on your feed too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get, I get good. I get good feedback on these Uh overzet, always, always good feedback. Uh, the, 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 I do a very similar show to these ones with, with Brian Hooper uh, and, and, and some people really like those. And then some people, you know, they, they don't listen at all, which is is fine. You know, you take what you want. And I do that with podcasts, too. You know, some podcasts, I'll listen to every single one, no matter what. And then some, uh, I just, I'm, I, I'm, I, I won't at all. Like, the, the, I, I don't listen at all anymore. But I used to do that with the Simmons podcast, where it'd be like, I'd listen to all the ones with him and his buddies. But like, when Chuck Klosterman comes on, like, I don't need to listen to that. You don't like the Klosterman podcast? Those are always my favorite Simmons podcasts. So they used, I used to, I you I, you know, I read Klosterman's books and, and, and all that stuff. And then do you remember when he went on this very bizarre rant about Africa and, 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 and the like the size of Africa, it was, it related to basketball. And basically he tried to make the argument that Steve Nash is Nigerian. And I was just like, you know what? I don't, I don't need to listen to Chuck Klosterman anymore. Wasn't that Malcolm Gladwell who did that? Oh, you're right. You're right. It was Gladwell, not Klosterman. So there we go. I just canceled Chuck Klosterman inappropriately. There we go. Gladwell. Gladwell is the one that I don't listen to. So there yeah, we I, have it.
0: I actually just got Klosterman's new book, the the '90s. I'm halfway through it now.
1: Is uh, I mean, give me the review. Is it good?
0: So far, so good. I mean, I, I enjoy Klosterman's writing. I think that if there's any one writer who's had the most impact on my own writing throughout the course of my career, it's probably his. Not that you know, I'm, I, I would not want to compare myself to Chuck Klosterman, best-selling New York Times author, Chuck Klosterman. But just his style of writing, I think, is very similar to the style of writing that I have, where it's very conversational. His is a bit more Uh, let's see hoity-toity in terms of yeah he
1: he uses New Yorker words which I I appreciate I I read um eating the dinosaur back uh back when probably when I was in college or whatever and I really enjoyed it
0: yeah I just find they flow really easily and it's always written like especially because you've heard him talk so much over the years now, that you can really read it in his voice. And I think that people do the same thing with my writing. Although I did find out that people didn't even know that I do write because I won DFS writer of the year, which is-
1: And people are oh. like, where can I read this?
0: People are like, you write? And was like,
1: yeah,
0: I've been writing for 13 years. I, right. I figured this is how you would have stumbled upon me in the first place.
1: I That is, um, that's like a very unique thing in our age, but like, I'll I'll find that about- I'll find that out about people that I interact with on Twitter all the time, where I'll be like, oh, I didn't know that you do this other thing too, or like, uh, like podcasts I listen to, like, like, oh, you host a radio show or you do TV twice a week or whatever. It's like, you only, you only know people from the specific thing that you interact with and not like their entire uh, oeuvre, as it were.
0: It's strange because I felt like I gained a large following through podcasting and video, mainly because people found my articles and got pushed through. Now, I do far less writing than ever these days. Essentially, it's just one golf column a week Mm -hmm. in football season. I don't even really write columns. I just have lists of rankings that are put in an article form that i can update throughout the week so i have something to reference when i'm talking about things on my show but i actually do sit down and i write my golf column still i'll have huge and that's what i ended up winning the award for i think was for my majors coverage a year ago and i do kind of half write the newsletter that comes out twice a week i have other people who work on it but then i go put
1: they do your uh your audio just cut out for a second so we got to we got to, we got to keep an eye on that. I know you're, you're in your fancy new, well, I guess this isn't the true fancy studio. You're in, you're in the home studio because as you continue to make your, your life out there in the suburbs. Yes. I
0: mean, I'm not really in the suburbs. I'm in the middle of the city, but sure. Um, you know, suburbs, you're co-
1: comparatively speaking to where to, you used to live truly in the heart of all of it in Toronto.
0: Yes, uh, living at the intersection of two separate subway lines was about as downtown as you could get. But now I'm still in the city. I just you know, live in a different city where you can actually afford a house inside the city and not something that's 500 square feet. But
1: I sh- my my internet should be good. I'm hardwired in. You're hardwired you're in. in. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it could have been. It could have been me. Um, so you are you're the only Canadian I know, right? What? I mean, but you're well, and I I mean Feinberg, I suppose. <laughs> um yeah I don't I they're they're not uh they're not a ton of Canadians that I that I find myself interacting with in daily life so I I need you to give me the rundown on what it was like living in Canada when I mean for I was it the first time in our lifetimes that Canada was like the news story where where Canada was like when well, you, you turn on the six o'clock news and they're leading with Canadian news, uh, pretty much anywhere in the world. It's gotta be the first time, right?
0: Potentially. I was in Vegas last week for the, the fantasy trade conference. And yeah. I actually played TPC Summerlin with Rick Gaiman. And I went in, I showed up early cause I wanted to check out the course, hit the driving range, go to the clubhouse. Sure. But I walked into the clubhouse to get breakfast. And I saw that I, they, I, whatever station that they had on was covering the, uh, the freedom convoy right. in Canada. And I was like, huh, it's getting more coverage here than it is at home. Like, Oh yeah. It, it, it's not to say that it wasn't a big deal in Canada. Uh, it, obviously it was, but everyone was kind of like, either you were a part of the freedom convoy and you drove your truck up there to just outside of parliament hill or, you were like, what is, what is what, this? What are
1: these people doing? Yeah, yeah,
0: like it was It was not a very popular type thing uh, amongst, uh, I mean, listen, amongst people I know, maybe there's, obviously it was big enough that it got a lot of traction, uh, but it really seemed to be a very small subsect of people.
1: So that's sort of, that is that is interesting to me because the way that it was portrayed here in the United States would have been that it was actually, Sort of popular, and that and that everyone in Canada is like, you know, fuck Trudeau. He doesn't know what he's doing. Like this guy's a moron, and you know that th- this is all his fault. And he could have made it go away or whatever. And and so it it, it made its the coverage here made it seem that this protest was actually popular. Well, we had
0: an election. geez, what in October? In Trudeau won again. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to say that he's incredibly popular. He's not by any means, but it just the, the whole protest itself was very confusing because they were protesting mandates. Like, right. they didn't seem to have like one particular thing. Like, there wasn't like sure mandates that's great Just mandates. you want to you want to go protest protest mandates about certain things but all that stuff is run at a provincial level like the federal government has nothing to do with that so protesting in ottawa makes absolutely no sense if that's what you were really concerned about you should be right. outside of your premier's office in whatever province that you live in because each province has different standards now there is federal regulation on border crossing and who can come in and who can come out but a lot of that is dictated like going into the United States. Canada has nothing to do with that. The United States has everything to do with that. And United States truckers and people coming into Canada, that's what Canada regulates. So it just everyone found it really confusing.
1: Well, and, and that, um, that definitely exploits something we've talked about on this show before, which is us in America, we're eating all this coverage up. And we don't know what the fuck we're talking about because we have no idea how things work on a provincial level. I mean, probably a lot of the people in America who got really jazzed up about this and were like sending money to the truckers or whatever, probably literally didn't even understand provinces like are probably just like, oh, it's Canada. It's just one big Canadian thing. And Trudeau calls all the shots like they don't even understand how the government works there, which I would be.
0: that, that, would, that would be correct. I mean, most Canadians don't understand. The government is such, it's funny because in Canada, government is such an omnipresent thing because it employs so many people. Obviously, our bureaucracy is much bigger, not on a per person level, but on a per capita level, right. that would be in the, in the United States. But you know, most Canadians just don't care. Like They don't really understand how the government works, how anything works. And I even saw some interviews with the, with the people who were going to Ottawa and they were talking about their First Amendment rights. It's like, we don't have those you live in that that's in america <laughs> that's an american like, it was just, thing the people had like trump 2024 signs it was it was just very bizarre and the weird thing is like i mean everyone should be allowed to protest and like sure. they and no one really had a problem with that what they had the problem with is that they like blocked off trading they basically shut down downtown ottawa and they were there for weeks and they were just honking their horns overnight so like any goodwill that they built up like they really gave back and you know, like i said this is one of the main reasons that i keep my facebook feed going is like the the people who i would have guaranteed 100 percent were pro freedom rally were all over it on my facebook sure, feed, and exactly. no one else really even talked about it
1: <laughs> and um so the the thing that got more coverage amongst uh the the internet weirdos that I follow on Twitter was when Trudeau and his government started freezing people's bank accounts, right? And, and leveraging, leveraging their finances against them and and GoFundMe shuts it down and everything. So of course all of the fucking internet weirdos are, are, you know, they start talking about Bitcoin and, you know, freedom money and, and all this stuff. So uh, the, the, the question there would be, is that something that the average person up there understood was happening cared about happening like does that does that is that is that really only uh internet weirdos who care about stuff like that
0: i heard chatter about it in terms of i think the the all i heard was like one woman who donated 50 bucks got her bank
1: account frozen i don't yeah. even know if that's true or not again could could <laughs> very, could vary like that i did notice uh, a fair amount of stuff like that that was fairly incredulous or that uh the the canadian the the canadian royal mounted police were taking people's pets away if they had donated to the freedom rally like that was widely circulated and i was like the chance of that being true is so low like it those are the sort of headlines that make me feel very credulous
0: I honestly don't really know what happened. Like I said, I didn't really pay that much attention to it. Most people I know just kind of got a headline here. Is like, is it still going? Yes. Like, yeah, oh, perfect. Uh, let's, let's shut this down as quickly as possible or just let it run its course. But yeah, the only thing I ever heard was that they froze the bank account of some woman in like BC who donated 50 to bucks. And that sounded like it was like a clerical error if that happened at all, but it yeah. was always the same person reference. Like they weren't, And then it became a huge talking point. And the same – it's funny because the same people that I saw talking about like, oh, yeah, they're freezing bank accounts. The government is just taking your money. And it was just a bunch of people who have no money were the people that were like – the people that I know that would be like – that's why I didn't think it was true. Because all the people that I know that have a ton of money didn't care about this whatsoever. It was all the people who I knew who have no money. They were the ones who were all up in arms. So it was all just very confusing. I – basically the past six months, football was great because all I had to do was pay attention to football and that's all I really did. And I think that kind of shows you the impact of what was really going on that I'm, yes, there are people whose lives became dramatically affected by what happened, but especially in Canada with like, when it comes to, I mean, they got rid of the vaccine passport today in my province. Uh, We had it for like six months or so. And I mean, I think our province is 96% double vac. So it didn't really affect that much of a population. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I they just um they just the the St. Louis just got rid of the citywide mask mandate yesterday. So I like I went to go get I went to go get groceries yesterday, and uh like you know I I have, I, have, I have vaccinations and everything, so like I'm not really sweating at that hard. I also got the uh, the novel coronavirus like a month ago. So
0: is I, that, is that, do you, is that something you're saying now? Novel coronavirus. It's just know? so
1: funny. It's just so, I, I started, I started saying it, I started saying it when I got it. And I was just like, this is really funny to me. Like I just, it just sounds funny. Uh, so I'm doing it. I'm doing it as a bit. I'm trying it out on, on the, on the show, but I, I got it. So I'm in the range of where like I, my body's still shedding it and I have like the natural immunity. So I'm not sweating it that hard anyway, uh, but I mean, it does. It does, At least, at least where I live, it does sort of feel as if we are, um, you know, moving past being super worried about COVID nineteen. Like I've been to a couple. I've been to a couple concerts. Uh, I went to um, a, a hockey game the other day, and it's like I don't know. We're we're pretty close to like this not being the most dominant thing in uh, the zeitgeist these days, which is sort of interesting.
0: The mask mandate, I believe, gets lifted in like two or three weeks here, which this province, I mean, I moved here halfway through the pandemic, because there was essentially no cases here. That's not why I moved here, but just how it ended up turning out. But they've been very strict about everything the entire time. And it's really worked out uh, in terms of you know, deaths per capita. It's a very old population. So they really right. wanted to really look out for people that were the most at risk. And I guess they've made the assessment now that you know, everyone is vaccinated. The vaccines tend to be working, uh, at least preventing the hospitals from being overwhelmed. And you know, it's time to get out of this. People are sick of it. Everyone's, everyone is sick oh, of it. Oh, so like, sick of it, man. Like that, I, I think that's a pretty uniform statement across the board. It just Some people got sick of it within a week and other people, it took a year and a half.
1: (laughs) I mean, I, yeah, I, I think, I think for me, it was probably about like, I mean, not that, not that I was one of those fucking assholes who's like walking into the gas station and like, Oh, you're going to make me put on a mask. But it was just like, uh, especially once the the reporting came out about the most recent variant. I mean, I, it feels like we, as like a human society all across the globe ran kind of hot, with this Omicron variant because it was so infectious, but not very deadly. Like, I, I do wonder if, if it'll be one of those things where, you know, scientists or, or, you know, researchers or whatever look back in 10 years and they're like, this could have, been, could have been a lot worse. And we just sort of got lucky that the virus mutated in such a way that, uh, and although in, in America, I think still like 2,400 or so people are, are dying a day. Are you serious? Uh, I mean, I, I, I will fact check myself right now. Um, I saw, I saw someone, I saw someone say that the other day. So I guess I, I guess I should double check myself, but because we, we just have, um, yeah, we have, we have lower, we have lower vaccination rates and stuff. So that is, that's going to really play into that. And our, our hospitals are not as good, right? Like that, uh, that's a big part of it.
0: Oh, I, I mean, I can't. I would say that America probably has the best hospitals in the world if we're talking about the best of the best.
1: Um, so so at like at the peak, you you yeah. would be right, right? Like the the Mayo Clinic and and stuff like that. But I I believe it's been um routinely found that like uh the the standard of care here at a non super elite you know medical research cancer center place or whatever would not would not be that great.
0: I have no idea. I can just kind of tell you what the hospitals are like up here, and a, a lot of the stuff just has to depend on severity. Like Feinberg blew out his knee like two weeks ago. Like I think he blew out his patella tendon. and you know, He was in surgery. He was in surgery a week later.
1: <laughs> yeah that uh, that would not that would not be um, that would not be the experience here. So last seven days in the United States, uh, ten thousand eight hundred deaths last seven days, which is the the <laughs> most. So in the- many. Most in the world by fifty percent. Brazil, Brazil is second with um, five thousand deaths in the seven preceding days before that, thirteen thousand. So, not not eradicated in the United States, but uh, they, they, at least it doesn't seem like our our hospitals are the 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 doomsday people. It, it seems as if the doomsday people we're not correct that that our hospitals never got to the point of being truly overwhelmed and and you know people dying from you know the, you know the common cold or whatever because they couldn't get into a hospital
0: interesting and well you say it's 50 50% more than anywhere else in the world but how well are some of like is it being uh, tracked yeah like yeah. i mean Ch- china has had no cases for a year and a half really <laughs>
1: Well, that is uh I actually have heard some sort of interesting thinking about that as in 2 years into it China is still doing, you know, zero covid stuff like the lockdown uh entire neighborhoods if there's one case and you know pretty much everyone is, is is remote as much as possible and they did, you know, the all the zero covid stuff during the Olympics and um that was actually one thing I thought maybe we we could get into which is why why is China When they when they are suffer when theoretically they would be suffering economic impacts from this, why is China still pursuing the zero COVID stuff so much more than every other country in the world? Because they can because they They have the
0: ability to enforce that.
1: That is Uh, that is the answer I've heard. I, I what's that, sorry? That is that is uh like the most common retort to that would be China is an authoritarian, you know, communist regime. So They basically don't suffer any of the consequences of like societal upheaval or anything as a result of that i just remember i had a friend who had to move back to china halfway through the
0: pandemic uh, because he had a business in china that's where he'd been working for the past seven or eight years and he, when he was in shenzhen like he was trying to describe it to me how they would do the testing he said it was pretty crazy like you they would basically have testers everywhere. That's a city of 17 million people. So they would have testers set up for each like block of, I guess you would call them like condos or apartments or wherever they were that just have so many people. So you would have like these designated blocks. You would get yourself tested and what they would do. Like they had, one thing that they have done is, I guess everyone has like phones in China, like everyone. Uh, So they have like a government QR code that you kind of punch into uh, that they know who you are kind of thing. And they would basically just you know, do the sh- swab up the nose, put like 10 of them in the same tube to cut down on the amount of testing. So instead of testing each individual one- They, they test just, like blocks? Yeah, they test blocks of people. And then they would let you know if you were, if a positive came up in your block Of people and then you would have to go get retested and then isolate until that time so it's just stuff that would never work here but at the same time they they could just be telling us they have which is probably the case that they have zero cases oh for sure they have tons
1: yeah uh i i mean i would assume i would assume that there is um you know fudging of those numbers but it i mean it is just it is just one of those things that sort of makes you just i i mean i i don't have i don't have any of the answers like far be it far be it for me to say why they are doing in any of these things but it does it does just strike me as bizarre that they're they're two years into this we've seen uh, i mean at the very least you could say at least we have seen um that it the the doomsday scenarios were not as bad as anyone would have predicted all these countries that are still doing the the lockdown stuff are are heart hurting economically like i wonder i i mean what's the end game right what's the end game for china like are they just going to do this in perpetuity until COVID cases like don't matter like i i don't i don't know i don't have the answer for that either
0: i literally have no idea what their game plan is
1: <laughs> yeah no it is it is um it, i don't know but uh i i hope that uh I mean, I hope that this is maybe one of the last times we ever we ever have to do this And the world is the world is certainly preoccupied by other things right now, whether that I mean, it, it's not good, right? Everything going on in Russia and Ukraine, which we decided you and I, as noted non geopolitical experts, are not going to touch on. So if you came here for uh, for hot takes on military strategy in Eastern Europe, this is uh, this is not the spot for it.
0: I will say it's kind of crazy, and obviously we're getting fed. Well, I mean, I have no idea how truthful the information is coming out, or how accurate it is, or how much spin is on anything. Uh, I mean, you always have to think about that whenever you see news. But it's kind of crazy that, as at least at least of this recording, that Ukraine continues to like hold off whatever siege comes in, and you know the, the prime minister of Ukraine has become a real star out of this. If he yeah, can, real.
1: Yeah, he's, he's uh, got to keep it
0: going, I suppose. But eventually, like. I don't know, if this is actually Ukraine puts up the fight, the Russians don't take over Kiev, then I don't know, how how much juice does Putin really have before people in Russia are like, Ugh, this isn't going great, pal.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, again, I, I just really want to preface this with I, I am not going to pretend to know anything. I can just, if, if you're listening to the show and you're yelling at your phone right now, like this guy's such an idiot, I, I, I'm sorry. But this this would be my very novice opinion, which would be, uh, it's, it's very hard for a dictator to take an L and when, when dictators are put into a situation to take an L, that's like a really dangerous situation for everyone involved, both for the enemies of the dictator, for the people at home with the dictator. So it's like, I mean, who knows, who knows what this guy could do? I mean, Russia has fucking nukes, you know what I mean? It's like, that just puts a lot of very bad catastrophic stuff on the table which it's it's i mean i wonder i wonder your thoughts on this like when something this big and catastrophic is going on in the world right like the coronavirus is one thing but when we start like actively discussing the the possibility of like world war nuclear weapons and things like that like how absurd does it feel to go about your day-to-day life like knowing that this is something that like could actually happen I think we compartmentalize
0: it in a way where we have that lingering in the back of our minds. Just, yeah. I mean, you kind of have to operate with your life. Like this isn't going to happen. Yeah. Like, cause
1: if you did, I mean, you'd just be in a, a bunker somewhere, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. Like, like just like the, the, the absurdity of like, oh, I get up in the morning and I read my, I read my, my little news alerts or whatever. I check my email and it's like, Oh, yeah, there's a 40-mile convoy of tanks and troopers and stuff going into Kiev, and, you know, it's horrible, and, and, and you know, the, the Russian military is, is just horribly mistreating all of these Ukrainian citizens, and like, well, okay, I, I'm going to get up and uh, let my dogs out and go to the gym. And you're, you're right, you absolutely have to compartmentalize it, and, and obviously, like, what, what the fuck am I going to do, you know, sitting at home? I, I, can, send, I can send some Bitcoin to, uh, to the Ukrainian treasury or whatever. But I mean, other than that, like, there's no, there's nothing you can do. Which I, just, I have
0: I have seen just as scrolling my Twitter feed that if you are into Bitcoin, it is a very popular take to see see Bitcoin. This is why. Like, why don't you pump the brakes a little bit here, Bitcoin pumpers?
1: Uh, I mean, that it you're right. Do, do I, I
0: need I, to do I need to know this all the time? Like, is this why is it that if you buy Bitcoin, that becomes your one defining personality trait?
1: Well. That I mean, there are a lot of reasons for that, but there, there's this whole other separate thing where the it's it to me the reason I would ever say something like that would be because the no coiners, you know, they'll they'll take the the opportunity for victory at any do, point. Do they get. do they
0: take the who are no coiners? These just seem like people who live their regular lives, and then Bitcoin people get really triggered that they don't own Bitcoin. Well, like no- this is all Bitcoin people projecting onto other people.
1: No coiners are uh, like Keynesian economics and modern monetary theorist people who like there are there there's a whole cottage industry out there of no coiners is a whole thing.
0: I don't think I've ever seen one of these people. yet I've seen every Bitcoiner there is.
1: Well, the reason you see the bit it's it's the same it's the same reason why I see shit in my timeline all the time about the 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 woman who got her bank account frozen by the royal. Canadian mounted police or whatever, because your timeline is full of DFS degenerates who love Bitcoin. That's why. How, like, what would
0: you say the ratio is to people who are actively vocal about Bitcoin versus people who are actively against cryptocurrency?
1: Of all the population in the world, or just like people who are really online?
0: Just, I mean, that's the only place where I would ever really encounter these people people that are really online. It seems like it's a thousand to one ratio.
1: In my experience, that would not be true. But the no coiners get really signal boosted because the bitcoiners are always taking the opportunity to dunk on them, right? Like, yeah, like the the people.
0: I, 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 I would buy Bitcoin like right now if it wasn't for the people that already own Bitcoin. It's a real turnoff.
1: It, honestly you You would be expecting me to 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 push back on that. you're you're absolutely correct. Bitcoiners are are by and large unsufferable. It, it's like it's like terrible. Um, I will say for from my perspective, this like last month in world history has been the most obvious what's what is even the right word? It's been the it's been the the it's been on the forefront of why, money not owned by a government is so important like that like there there's been like six uh, probably three like major news stories that have all involved private money versus state money more uh, and it's all happening at the same time more than i can ever remember in my life
0: yet the only government that's buying up bitcoin is like costa rica
1: el salvador yeah oh, is that Uh, what it is el salvador yeah so so it's the the canadian trucker thing with uh with the you know they they had to get all their money in bitcoin cuz the government was was not allowing them to use their bank accounts or whatever then we have all of the russian oligarchs and the russian people cuz uh russia became the first world power ever disconnected from swift and then the united states federal government froze all of these afghani afghanistani bank accounts and so people in afghanistan are having to use bitcoin to you know buy and sell goods and and get food for their family and shit and that's all happening all at once so it sounds like
0: Bitcoin is going to be used by off the grid people now to to fund terrorism,
1: Davis. Uh, well, that is definitely one of the uses. Yeah, I mean, that is that that which is one thing that uh you know the uh, your Elizabeth Warrens of the world have always said, and and that the Bitcoin people are are wrong to uh, the Bitcoin people are wrong to say that that stuff doesn't happen. Like the the Bitcoin people who will tell you oh, Bitcoin can't be used for this, Bitcoin can't be used for that, uh, they're they're wrong. And and that is a, um, an intellectually dishonest way to discuss Bitcoin in general.
0: I mean, that's no different than people using like U.S. Cash, cash internationally. Like that that's the same thing. Like if you use cash, I guess it's somewhat traceable, but it's not like going bank account to bank account where it's like, oh, I see where the money's going.
1: Well, Bitcoin is Bitcoin is very traceable. Like if you commit a crime using Bitcoin, uh, you're gonna you're gonna get caught up way easier than if you use cash. Like the the Fed is really good at tracking people who commit crimes with cryptocurrency. It's like it's actually probably they actually probably would prefer it, honestly.
0: Really? Does that work on an international scale or just domestically?
1: Well, it doesn't matter. You know, it just doesn't doesn't matter where you doesn't matter where your computer is because uh, you can't you can't hide on the blockchain, right? So if you if you commit some crime using using Bitcoin or, or whatever, and then you turn it back into US dollars at any point. So if you if you off ramp your Bitcoin into anything that knows your name, you're like a mortal lock to get caught, basically. Yeah,
0: but but if you get caught by the Fed, that only makes that only matters in the US.
1: Well, I mean, I I guess I don't know, but I would assume that Interpol or whatever you know also has the ability to do to do that in the same way. Like, I I, I the Fed would the Fed would probably share their crypto tracing techniques with. Is Inter, Inter Interpol is the, what the organization I'm looking for, right? I think Interpol
0: is. I only know Interpol from movies. Yeah, I so literally I assume, only
1: know it from James Bond.
0: I I, I assume, well, he's MI five or is he MI six? He's MI six. He's
1: MI six, but they. MI,
0: Mi six is like the CIA of Britain. Uh, Britain. Mi five is like the FBI of Britain. I think Interpol
1: is sort of like the CIA for all of Europe. I think that's what it is. That sounds right. I mean, what do I know? Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, you 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 you're you're actually pointing out something that I talked about with Brian a couple of weeks ago, which is that this is also a high point of people absolutely fucking hating Bitcoin and Ethereum and NFTs. People really really hate nfts like oh, it, I can it's tell like you, i can tell you why I, I,
0: I, I actually had a note on this it's not that i dislike cryptocurrency or anything like that i own some ethereum but like you said you hit on the personality trait nfts like the way that people talk about nfts and yeah. the way that people it's talk awful. about cryptocurrency it reminds me of how scientologists talk about scientology
1: yeah yeah no uh the this is something that i've talked about a ton which is that The, not even more than Scientology, it's like, it's like the way, like people, the, the conversation you'll get from your average person with like a bored ape profile picture on Twitter or whatever, is that like NFTs have unlocked some new tier of society and there's no way forward as a culture without everything being tokenized. And it's like, it's just, it, uh, I, I am, NFTs are like fun, but I think they're stupid and they're mostly a vehicle to acquire more cryptocurrency i'm not trying to hold a vast uh, amount of my wealth in fucking jpegs of uh you know the cats or whatever
0: well you might get right clicked and then then it's all over
1: yeah i mean the the, and see that's the thing that's the thing though is i go back and forth i'm like well you know the the nft people are really stupid but the fucking right click savers are even dumber cause they're purposely missing the point. Like it's just, it's, well, are, it's unbearable. Are, are
0: they purposely missing the point or are they just absolutely trolling these people who take themselves way too seriously?
1: Um, no, I mean, they're purposely missing the point, right? Because if you're, if you're obfuscating what, uh, like the idea that we shouldn't take digital ownership seriously is way stupider than board ape nfts right like the like digital ownership it like so clearly we're moving in a direction where more of our lives are online like the the idea that we shouldn't take digital ownership or like digital membership to community seriously is really stupid
0: do you what impact does this have like on my kids my kids are three and two by the time they're 20 will they have friends in real life or will they like oh, man. That, that that's a weird thing about nfts like in right. these It's not so much the NFTs. It's the weird NFT communities that have popped up around this.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that.
0: And it's just like, do you people not have real life friends? Like you need to be in your Discord 24-7 just talking with the same eight people. Like I, I get that it's not really all that different than like the group chat that I have with eight of my friends. But at least like we go do stuff together.
1: Um, I mean, it's very, I mean, it would be, I... I, I get things wrong that are gonna happen tomorrow. I probably already said 20 things on this podcast that are gonna be proven wrong after we publish. But the the idea of like, I don't know, maybe, maybe not your kids, but maybe your grandkids will not have friends in real life. You know what I mean? And that it'll just all be it'll all be through some, you know, VR immersive experience, right? Like I think we all we all view that as like a distinct possibility when we would not have two years ago.
0: Is there a way this flips back at all? Like, is this an unstoppable object that it's only going to progress forward? Or do you think enough people galvanize behind like, you know what, maybe this is a bit too far for this moment. And it really stunts it almost like, you know, five years ago in the NBA, like the only way that you could win in the NBA was shooting threes and getting to the hoop and potentially drawing fouls. If you do anything other than that, it is the stupidest thing in the world. And I think that we even talked about it at the time. It's like someone eventually – Every eventually all teams are going to do this, and then all teams are going to defend like this, and then you're going to have a situation where big men all of a sudden become valuable again because it's just a zag to what's going on. Now, I know that those two examples aren't necessarily corollary. One's with technology. One is with sports, which we've seen reinvent itself over and over. But it does feel like there's – this isn't popular enough. yet. No. And no, not the even people close. who are into it do a very poor job of explaining why this is happening. And I think that's really where the chasm exists that, especially for someone like me, who's in this world, yet still kind of has no clue. It's just people victory lapping. That's all it is.
1: <laughs> the I, I think the the biggest problem in NFTs, cryptocurrency is that, there are you exactly what you're saying. There's not really that many people that are interested in educating. It's more about uh, either either pumping your bags or the same thing we talk about in politics all the time, where where it's just it, it's about your team, right? So instead of being a Democrat or Republican, I'm a Bitcoin maximalist, or I I'm an Ethereum maximalist, or I I think NFTs are the greatest thing since sliced bread, and it's all about the community or whatever. And so I think that when you have those really rigid factions and it's all about winners and losers you're that's not a great product to market or advertise to people that that's not that's not welcoming um because again so many people are coming from a, a place of like literally not understanding it now do i think that my my personal opinion would be that there's no pudding uh, the, the genie back in the bottle as it relates to crypto. Like, I I don't think I don't foresee a future where some sort of decentralized money or like token system is in a huge part of our lives. I think that, I think that's pretty much here to stay. Like, I, I can't imagine that going away.
0: But do you, do you think it will ever be, I go to the store? And like, I know that there are places that I can go do this, but like, let's sure. say on my iPhone, I have you know, I can have my credit card on my iPhone. I can Apple Pay with that. Will I be able to do that with, how soon can I do that with Bitcoin where I can go to the convenience store, buy a pack of cigarettes off my iPhone using Bitcoin?
1: You can do it right now. I can do it.
0: I, I mean, you, you know what? Uh, my convenience store will not accept that as currency.
1: If you have, uh, you just need to download an app called MoonPay. And it translates it into cash for you so it works the same way your apple pay does you just you tap you tap your phone to it. And, and you do it, but in terms of like so so what you're really asking is without the intermediary of having to turn it back into cash right that that's what that's what is it right because there's. That that is really what we're meaning by transacting where and, and this is um, this is again something that people uh, get wrong when they talk about crypto adoption and things, right, is they'll say something like I just said, like, oh, you know, um, this sports team got purchased in Bitcoin or Tom Brady took his bonus in Bitcoin or Odell Beckham got his salary converted into Bitcoin. But really, what all of these people are doing is they're then converting it back to cash. Like, at at some point, there's always back into dollars, euros, whatever. Yeah, they're they're getting paid in stock is what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. that, that future is pretty far away to me. certainly, certainly farther away than many people on the internet would would have you believe. Like 20, 50 years at, 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 at the absolute short end, and even that maybe is too bullish.
0: I just think about it like if I was to sell Mayo Media Network tomorrow and someone offered me like in most of the deals that come up in this sort of thing within our industry, at least, are these venture capitalist firms that want to poach a product or poach a talent. And they'll buy a company and they'll give you like a quarter in cash or half in cash and then half in private equity shares. Or if they are a public company, they'll give you a certain amount of discounted shares that vest over a certain amount of time. You can't sell them for a while like that the stock part of that just seems like what bitcoin is right now like why is anyone treating it like it's not a stock
1: uh well again cuz some people not me but some people do make a real effort to use it like cash using these you using these like apps basically but but wouldn't um, it be way more expensive to spend than cash <laughs> well what people do is they just uh they immediately turn all of their they like they they just have like they don't have cash like they just they just convert their wealth into Bitcoin and then spend the Bitcoin like I like I know I know a couple people that that do that where they, they get their paycheck it goes into Bitcoin and they spend the Bitcoin uh, as as cash as needed or whatever which is uh, a, certainly a risk on way to live. Are, are these pretty well adjusted people? Would you say? <sighs> I mean, no, no, because they're because because the people who really, really, really feel that way about cryptocurrency, there's it's no different than someone who's really, really religious. It's the same. It's the same sort of uh, faith-based devotion that your cause, whatever it is that calls you to advance in life, is you know the the way to be or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, this sounds like no different than. Like, if I really wanted to go like barter with people at stores for gold, I could probably do the same thing. Like, people would probably take my gold more certainly. But yeah, here's a little nugget. I want, you know, I want a carton of cigarettes, that kind of thing. Or I want this pack of booze or some scratch tickets. I think people would accept my gold when it came down to it. But it that feels like all what Bitcoin is right now. You put money into Bitcoin, you hope it goes up just like you do with gold. And you're not actually spending it. That's what, what, 99% of people do? Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, most, most 90, 95, 98, 99% of people don't care about anything other than number go up. That is their, that, that's, that's it. That's all they care about. And look, I can't, I like when number go up. Um,
0: I, I think if it was sold that way and that's how people talked about it, you would see it become increasingly more popular very quickly. If people just admitted that's what it is.
1: Well, that's the thing though. And, and this is this is another religious uh, political point, which is that the conversation is not driven by the people who are in the middle. The conversation is driven by the people on the extremes. The conversation is driven by the people who think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. and the conversation is driven by uh, you know your your uh, your your Peter Schiffs and your Elizabeth Warrens, who think that it's uh, the the beginning of of anarchy and that it can't be allowed to prosper. like that's that's the those are the only perspectives you get
0: besides her holding up like regulation in terms of cryptocurrency does anyone really care what Elizabeth Warren has to say about this I don't uh, like, as, is, is as anyone out there being Riz like lab? you know who I get my financial advice from Elizabeth Warren
1: well and the the SEC guy Gary Gensler he's come out and and said a bunch of uh, of uh, you know negative things and and you know the one thing the one thing that that people I think rightly, uh, are are most upset about is just absolutely uncontrollable inflation here in the united states and basically uh you know the the, the political class being like it's you know it's no big deal it's fine when uh the, the cost of wages are not rising with the cost of living it's like it's really bad
0: yeah but that's no different than any time in the past 50 years is it it's just people complain about it now
1: Oh no, it's way this is the worst inflation has ever been in, in the United States. I I don't know shit about Canadian monetary supply, but uh year over year inflation of of seven and a half percent is like the highest it's been. I don't, I don't know. I I couldn't even say. And then, you know, like 35% of all dollars that have ever existed were created in the last 18 months. So it's 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 a it's at a particularly sensitive time with inflation specifically, which is another talking point as to why uh you have you have people who are particularly attuned to the message that the bitcoin people are selling even if it's you know uh depending on the eye of the beholder true or not true
0: interesting yeah we're around five percent it looks like currently in canada although that that feels
1: high right that's pretty high i mean i have no fucking idea I don't know if that's high or not it's supposed to be it's supposed in the states it's supposed to be like one and a half to two percent uh a year
0: okay yeah so so that that, then it's incredible i i hear people complain about how high inflation is i actually have no idea
1: i mean it's, it's also one of those things where like depending on who you ask like the the modern monetary people in the united states will be like actually the you know it's good because of x y or z and uh, you know, again, I'm not a fucking economist. I don't know. I just know that I, when I hear that 35% of all the dollars that have ever existed were created in the last two years, that, that sounds like too much. That sounds bad for, uh, holding your wealth in dollars.
0: Sure. But did, are there, I mean, unless I, I saw that the rubles were worth like
1: a yeah, percentage nothing. of a,
0: a cent now. yeah. So, uh, that that's bad news if you have all your money
1: in rubles, but like, I don't know. I don't know what to do about all this stuff. Like, <sighs> What if I know? I mean, I would buy Bitcoin. That's 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 what I do. But I mean, that could be wrong, right? And certainly, there are um, more like aggressive investing and trading strategies than just passively buying a deflationary asset and just sitting on it for years. That's why I buy real estate. Yeah, I mean, real, real. But so the the Bitcoin people say that basically that's an attempt to do the same thing that buying real estate in Bitcoin is, is theoretically attempting to do the same thing, which is to hold something that people are going to want more in the future. And that, uh, is, is deflationary is, is basically what people say.
0: I guess I understand that argument as it comes along with it, but that's not like the case that I've heard for Bitcoin. Cause I mean, that's no different than like gold then. Right.
1: Um, yeah. And then the argument against gold is that, uh, there it's, it's harder to transact in, Governments own a ton of gold, so they have a lot of say as to where it goes. And also, there are, uh, you know, there are, are laws on the transacting of gold um, that, that make it a little bit more difficult to, to move around. So that's, that's why, I mean, but, but a lot of the real hardcore Bitcoin people will tell you that they, they own gold too. That they own both? Yeah, that they have both. And that, and that it's, it's both just a hedge against you know, this, this inflation monster that they perceive is taking over the Western world.
0: Okay. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I, like I said, there's so much, I just don't pay attention
1: to anymore. I, I just don't care. Which is, <laughs> is fair. And, and, and so that, you know, that is, that is another point, which is there are, uh, there are more than one ways to, to skin a cat, right? There are more ways to prosper financially and, and you don't have to give a shit. I mean, right. That, that's the whole thing is you don't have to care. So, That was a a long-winded way for for us to say, again, we don't know anything. I I made this observation watching a movie last week. The specifics of the movie don't matter in this conversation. So I saw this movie, Uncharted. Horrible reviews. I think it got like 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I didn't know this until after because I watched it and I enjoyed it. And I realized, Pat, that I am now at almost 30 of the age where... If something just references those warm, fuzzy, nostalgic feelings that I had when I was a kid or in college or whatever, I am pre, uh, I I am predestined to enjoy it. Same same things with the the Super Bowl halftime, right? Like that was like a good throwback to when I was a kid. Like I I am now the old person enjoying the things that uh, that the youngs the youngs don't like.
0: I got there a, a little while ago. i you told me about this movie. I've never heard of it. It's called yeah, Uncharted. What is it about Magellan?
1: It's uh, it's based on a video game that I uh, like a series of video games that I played uh, all of them when I was in college. It's got no, so to- this is
0: so this is perfectly geared towards you. Would you say a uh, the one thing that you need to be able to do, like enjoying something, on a personal level? And then enjoying something on a critical, critical level, level. Are, two, are two completely different things. Very few people have the ability to separate those two things of where you can say, hey, did I like this personally? Yes or no. Or was that good? Yes yeah. or no. Would you say that this was good?
1: No, no, I would not say it was good. I would not. It would not come out uh, like I would not. Uh, I would not be like, oh, yeah, you got to go see Uncharted. Mark Mark Wahlberg is fantastic in this movie. <laughs> like that would not be that would not be my recommendation. But I enjoyed it, and, and I, I, uh, I actually find it, I find myself thinking that way a lot. Where I, I can routinely enjoy things that are not a good critical experience, but I just enjoy them uh, because they're they're fun or whatever. Like I, I, I'm, I'm more than down to watch you know bad TV, read a read you know a bad a, a bad Star Wars novel or whatever. Even even the most recent Star Wars show. Uh, critically, not great, but I watched every episode and enjoyed it because it references shit I liked when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, that's an entire culture now. The
0: the nostalgia yeah. culture is something that everyone is just cashing in on. I, I get it. And it's funny when you talk about like bad TV, I'm we're sort of in that, I'm of the age now where I can only pick two or three shows to really follow along with, like on a week to week basis. Other than that, like, When I talk about like everything, kind of comes comes around again. That I've kind of reverted back to non serialized television as something that I really enjoy watching. And like I, yeah, I've talked about this in many places before. Like my wife and I, we just have a series on the go at all times, like when we're going to bed or what we watch at night. And it's ninety nine percent non serialized. Like we watched, we we rewatched House. Remember House? Yeah. Yeah, uh, not, Gra- not a great show, but you no, know, it's an easy 40 minutes. That's we Grey's Element- Anatomy in our house. Yeah, we, we watched Elementary. We actually just finished Psych, which I really liked. So good. I think, I think we're going to do Monk next. But just, it's usually like crime shows, because crime shows do really, they really endear themselves to the non-serial. I mean, you can have a serialized show. And there's yeah, usually- X-Files. Like, yeah, I mean, X-Files has that. Like, X-Files is a bit, like next level when it comes to like the overall through line that goes through, but it's going to be a procedural either way. It's going to be a case every week. You start the case at the beginning of the show. You end the case. Maybe you get a two parter Maybe that's like the, the extent of it, but it's like, I'm watching star Trek discovery right now. And like, it's, they're just dragging out like one plot line for 13 episodes. Like this used to be like in, if this was star Trek, the next generation, this would be one episode, not 13.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I, I, uh, I feel the same way with like, just having like comfort food TV. Like sometimes I don't want to get invested in new characters or whatever. And that is, uh, it's not even a good show, but that's how I met your mother for me. Like that was, that's like my, like when I just am like, I would just want to zone out and, you know, scroll Instagram on my phone or whatever. I'll, I'll put on how I met your mother in the background. Cause that is. That's like perfect comfort food TV. It's like, there are no stakes in this show. I know how it ends. Like, I know all the jokes like that. It's perfect.
0: Well, that's like an auditory experience too. Because I used to do that with the Simpsons all the time. Or even the rest of development in the background. Just have it going. Like, I don't even really need to be watching this. I've seen it so many times. I know what's happening on the screen. And I'll just pick up a line here, pick up a line there. And I'm like, oh yeah, this part, perfect. Like I know what's happening.
1: (laughs) I mean, I've done that. I've done that with the simpsons for for so i mean even the commentaries and stuff too uh heading into heading into season 33 the simpsons unbelievable
0: still haven't seen a new episode in like a decade although i have friends like i think i always tell you this like i have one friend who's still watching he's like it's actually quite good again
1: uh yeah they're uh they're bringing in like freelance writers and stuff now so like people who make funny and like twitter jokes like uh, you know like new like new comedians and stuff are are doing the show now. I, I I will occasionally watch a new episode, but most of the time I'm just going back to you know season three or season four on Disney Plus or whatever. I just got Disney Plus.
0: I think it's different in Canada as most streaming services are that they don't have exactly what the american one has but we also get like more like more stuff gets crammed onto it as well just because the canadian rights are different than the u.s rights i like it It, it, i've been watching pam and tommy on it
1: (laughs) oh so in i think in canada you get hulu and um disney plus together whereas whereas in the states it's still separate even though they're owned by the same you know giant media conglomerate because you can't have pam and tommy where you know little kids are watching mary kate and ashley or whatever that actually tracks to me. Yeah. Uh, so, have you watched Damon Tommy. No, no It's weird, <laughs> but that, you know, that was, that's before my time. Like I know who those people, like I, I know who those people are, but I, I would have no memories of, uh, you know, this, this sordid affair. Like I was not there for that.
0: You so you don't remember being like fourteen in a hotel room and they had those like porn channels at the top that you could watch for like four seconds before your room got charged for it and Pam and Tommy's sex tape would always be on it. Do so you get a quick glimpse here, quick glimpse there? I remember
1: that. None of none of that experience. So, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like I missed out, but I I, I did not come of age during uh, during that time. Um,
0: did you so ever you- burn? Did you ever burn CDs?
1: Yes. i was right i was right at the tail end of that mp3 players came became real common probably when i was like 11 or 10 so i i I definitely did burn a couple cds though
0: i remember the the entire cd burning business so like that was a real currency in junior high
1: like uh and the the rewritable discs were better and more expensive and the ones that you could only burn once were worse yeah i do i i have like faint memories of those
0: yeah trying to convert everything like downloading before like fiber internet you had your 32-bit dial-up internet that would take five minutes to download a song off Napster which would now take like less than a second
1: I do I do remember uh I do remember dial-up um very 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 faintly like I remember I remember a time when like yeah like you couldn't you couldn't get on the internet because your mom was on the phone or whatever and and having to play like cd-rom games or whatever on the computer so have you watched any of these uh these serialized uh star wars tv shows i haven't no are they i i keep hearing
0: mandalorian is really good now i heard about the boba fett one is that it just becomes mandalorian at some point
1: <laughs> yeah i mean the you i mean that is exactly the the mandalorian show very good uh i mean pretty pretty enjoyable even uh there there's also i mean i don't know if your wife gives a shit about star wars or not nope. but yeah it's a it's a tough sell uh there are they're, they're is enough of like a like a, a cute little kid in the show to um to make your wife care maybe a little bit because there's like a little baby Yoda guy which uh the the people seem to like.
0: I mean, I feel like she has the complex emotions to care about what the story would want you to care about, not just care because there's a
1: little kid there. Well, I don't that's the selling point. I'm just speaking from a marketing perspective. I don't know. I mean, if you the the thing is is it's just a tough sell in general if you 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 start from a place of not caring about you know the skywalker saga like if it just throw if it because then it just becomes like a weird episode of um oh what's the show the the twilight the twilight zone or whatever like it just seems like you're getting thrown into this weird world with like monsters and bounty hunters and stuff and you're like i don't know what's going on here
0: I guess I've staked out my claim is that I just prefer Star Trek more than I prefer Star Wars. That's just where I'm at. Although the new Star Trek shows are this season of Discovery has been not great. Although Lower Decks is one of the funniest shows on TV. So I highly recommend. And those
1: those are all on Paramount Plus?
0: Yeah. Yes, they are on Paramount Plus in the States. They aren't in Canada. They're just on regular TV where you can watch them. But uh, season two of Star Trek Colin Picard starts next week which i'm excited about
1: see i i mean just for whatever reason uh it must have just been probably because my dad never cared that much about star trek so i just have never seen any of these shows like i I never and i don't even think i saw the movies I, i think i saw the 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 like 2008 does that sound right star trek movie the one with chris pine yes yes It was actually a good movie. Whatever that one is, that is my, that is my lone experience with Star Trek. And, and, you know, obviously I, I have the, uh, you know, cultural osmosis of like, you know, understanding who the characters are or whatever. I've probably seen more Star Trek content like on family guy than I have actually taken in Star Trek content in my life.
0: I can see that. And you're younger than me by what, six, seven years? So my mom was really into Star Trek when I was growing up. And it was something that you could watch with your five or six-year-old son at the time. Right. And it's not like there was a ton of content out there, like Star Trek the Next Generation in the early 90s. Well, looking back at it now seems ridiculous in terms of its like special effects. Like at the time, it's like, oh my God. Amazing. What what is this?
1: (laughs) See, I think that people of my specific age got a big boost in following Star Wars because the prequels came out right about the time I would have been old enough to like decide what I like and didn't like and and there was just a huge marketing push for those three movies like probably when I was six to twelve and so those would have just been like you know the big movies and and then I've missed out on like the Marvel movies like entirely like I haven't seen like the last 15 Marvel things or whatever and that's I mean, that's like the most dominant cultural thing that exists right now is the Marvel movies.
0: Yeah, I don't really care for, it's not that I don't care for superhero
1: movies. I just don't care about superhero movies. Sure. And it just seems like a chore to keep up with them all. There's so many. No, I will see, I, I will see all the Batman movies. I think the, I think the. Yeah, but, the
0: but but those seem to be completely detached from, I mean, from, from a, not... a
1: universe yeah, well, yeah. they're
0: not Marvel, so that helps. but they yeah. don't have some sort of tie-in with like Justice League and stuff like that, do they? aren't they just standalone movies?
1: Yeah, they're self-contained. I mean, what the they they made the three Dark Knight movies, but by and large, Batman movies are their own thing. And I have no idea if this movie, this Robert Pattinson one. I have no idea if this one is intended to be, you know, like multiple like if they're if they're doing a trilogy of these or whatever, but I heard it's good. so it's, it's hard if it, it, the it's hard to make a bad Batman movie with the way his character is now. Now, it was very easy, I think, to make Batman movies, bad Batman movies when they did it the old way, when they made it really campy. I think it was very easy to make those bad.
0: Well, I mean, when they made them super campy, they were at their best when you had Adam West running around with Burt Ward. Yeah, you, you,
1: you, you love some camp.
0: I, I do love some camp, but yeah. they really leaned into the camp. It felt like those. I mean, you had your Burton ones, which were like, all right. Then you had the Joel Schumacher ones, which ended up being campy, but I don't think that they were going for intended camp to be when they yeah. did it, and it just made them really bad.
1: <laughs> well, you know that does that does happen. Uh, you got you got anything for me? Uh, I mean, just the general.
0: I I, I got it. I had to. I, I'm recording this for my home studio now because we have the new studio up and going the amount of pushback people gave me like we opened up the studio like day one and we were filming like i don't have the luck i don't have the luxury to screen test something for a month like we i had my equipment at my house and then we moved it over over the weekend and we were shooting on monday and like people were mad like the lighting isn't right and like we have 40 lights in that room we had to go get more because more you think that pointing out that we didn't have great lighting you don't think that we as video editors noticed no. that when we were filming
1: <laughs> right yeah no i mean that that is true like that that because that i mean we just spent the last 30 minutes you know picking apart these things that is uh we're we are so conditioned to complain about the the media that we take in it's like unbelievable
0: and just we didn't have the proper audio test for everything because we didn't have the time. So the first show, like everything was a bit hollow. And now we're like, we're a week into it. We fixed the lighting. We fixed the audio. Now we can ramp up the set a little bit more. Like It's so bland. It's like, go back and look when I moved into my old studio versus how it looked by the time I got out of that studio. And we, we really jazzed it up over the four years that I was there. We're going to do the same thing with this. Now, I am excited to have it, though. Although it's in a garage and it's, it's properly insulated and has heating, but it was so cold today because it's so cold where I'm at.
1: <laughs> Dude, I mean it gets like it gets like that in so I'm I'm in my basement and our basement is only like half finished like it's insulated and everything, but we don't have carpet down here. So like my my, my office down here or whatever, uh, which it, it's it's a very glorified office. I mean it it uh, it's like probably five degrees colder down here than it is outside and uh that's not great I, i'm not a huge fan of that
0: oh i do have one thing i wanted to talk to you about before we get out of here i think that after the masters i'll probably stick around and do my heritage shows but i think i'm going to take like a two-week vacation you should god where you am really I go- should where am i going to go
1: well i'm actually looking at vacation stuff right now because i uh in august am going to have a honeymoon so my my thing is I just want to go to like an all-inclusive place, like a resort, and I don't want to have to do anything other than sit by a beach, sit by a pool, or have the option to go play golf if I want it. Um, now, I I assume you want some things to entertain your children. That's probably got to be a big part of it. I believe
0: that uh, we have worked up to the point where the kids are going to stay at home with their grandparents oh, and my wife and I are going to get away from the kids for a week or 10 days or so depending on how long we can take that and if the uh, if the grandparents are up for the task of taking care of the kids and all of that but we're kind of debating that right now like do we want to go somewhere where it's like all inclusive or on a beach or do we want to or do you want to of- go do shit. Yeah, I kind of want to go do shit, but at the same time, like, that sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a lot of planning. Like, I don't even we don't even know where where we want to go. As of this point, we want to go somewhere not cold. That would be nice. That's the biggest. Yeah. Um, But at at the same time, it's not going to be cold here anymore by the middle of August kind of thing
1: uh well that yeah wow we we, maybe we could do maybe we could do a little joint vacation maybe we'll just maybe we'll just go meet up at some resort in uh in you know uh, the Dominican or something
0: I've been to Dominican and Cuba too many times I don't want to go there
1: Uh, what give me the reviews are they good
0: I mean I haven't been there since like I was 20 but they're the same like you can go to a resort anywhere it's the fucking same
1: (laughs) That's all I want. Honest to God, that's all I want. I don't care. I don't care how boring or homogenous it is. I literally just want to go sit somewhere. Cause like, I just don't, I don't take very many vacation days. Uh, have obviously have not traveled a ton during the last couple of years, which sucks. And I don't, I obviously don't want to go anywhere cold. So I, I am, I'm thinking one of those very homogenous resort places. What about, uh, I mean, what is, what is, like does your does your wife really like to hike like are, are you guys are no. you guys looking to do something like that <laughs> no absolutely not yeah. we're
0: looking to go like i i like the cosmo- cosmopolitan spin of like going to a big city eating yeah. at nice restaurants that kind of thing so we're i was thinking like switzerland south of france south of spain yeah is where i would want to go but oh, you can't that, go wrong there no but i mean that that guy that start, starts to get a little bit
1: pricey when you fly into geneva or something like that you've had a good year man uh, you know, who you, you know, who you should talk to is, uh, is, is Dinkmeyer has taken, uh, like once every two years, he takes like a, like a, a nice little vacation like that. He would, he would have some advice for you depending on what you were looking for. And you guys are probably more of in a similar tax bracket than me. Oh, you, you must think I do pretty well versus you. You have more money than anyone. That is not true. I certainly have less, I certainly have less U.S. dollars than, than, uh, than most folks. Yeah, but
0: you could just convert all your all your coins back to money and go spend it.
1: We can't we can't do it. Maybe maybe in maybe in 20 years when uh when my children have no friends and they're living in a pod from Wally.
0: Yeah, they're the Wally people trading trading gifts with each other.
1: Dude, the fucking the the Wally thing every every I mean, I, obviously like the Wally thing is is portrayed as this like awful experience and every day it just seems like more and more likely, which uh, you know, not great probably.
0: yeah yeah it's gonna be a tough scene i'll be dead by then so i don't really need to worry that's that's
1: all that's oh that's the last thing i wanted to ask you did you see the fourth matrix movie
0: no i didn't i heard it was very meta though about like the losers who repurposed the matrix into like their own crazy beliefs they're like nah that's not what this was
1: yes uh extremely extremely meta in that fashion i i left that movie uh having no idea if it was a good movie or a bad movie If I was even supposed to like it, like if I was even supposed to have enjoyed the experience of watching it, like it was it was incredibly, it was an incredibly heady movie. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is in it and he is uh, really chewing, chewing the scenery, uh, I think is, is what uh, is, is what you would call it. It's, it was an interesting experience, but I, I would be very curious if you do watch it your thoughts on it because i think you would have a good perspective on it because you would have been at the right age when the first movies came out
0: yeah i would have been 15 i think when the first movie came out yeah yeah 99 yeah well, I, w- I would have been 14 actually yes yeah, so you would have been 15. literally
1: at, like the perfect age to 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 experience it as it was intended then and then to grow up with the matrix as being like part of the zeitgeist well, it wasn't so much
0: that the Matrix was a part of the zeitgeist; it's just the influence that the Matrix had on other movies, other
1: culture. Yeah, yeah,
0: and just like how every action movie and big budget movie, all of a sudden, it's like, oh my god, they can do this, especially that fighting style—the bullet matrix—which yeah. just became like the thing for the next five years. Now it's just it's a part of movies, and they've kind of refined it a little bit so it doesn't look as herky-jerky. But that's which the way they that get,
1: which they get really meta on in the fourth matrix um, I'll, I'll
0: check it out listen i i didn't even it's not that i loved the the matrix sequels like i i watched them and then i never thought about them again same like they, yeah. they were fine
1: <laughs> i think i've seen the first one probably like 15 times and i i don't know if i ever rewatched reloaded in revolutions honestly
0: the the only two things i remember from the sequels were that weird rave in the second one yeah uh, the, the dudes with the dread the white dudes C- with the dreadlocks yeah uh, just because they were on the poster and like, Hey, those guys look pretty cool. Uh, and then like the architect stuff at the end of the last one, which I thought it was George Carolyn, but it wasn't George Carolyn.
1: Yeah. Uh, which the. It's, it's a little bit of a, I'm... no spoilers, no spoilers. Um, uh, yeah. what, what
0: else? I, I, oh, I, I haven't seen very many movies this year. really I. get back into watching movies. Cause it used to be my favorite thing to do, but I saw the bond movie. I think we talked about that last time. Right? I talked we about did. it with someone. Yeah. I watched Dune on the plane. Oh, Dune yeah! Was fucking awesome. Fucking
1: great. Yes, <laughs> so good. Oh man, so good. And I I went back and read the the books too.
0: Well, that sounds and, pretty lame.
1: Oh no, dude! There, it's so good. It all holds up. It's it yeah. But the movie was incredible. Um, best movie I saw the last year for sure.
0: Well, did you see the because I've seen the David Lynch one like a bunch of times, and it's like not good.
1: No, never saw the David Lynch one and never saw, they they did a, a TV show as well. And I, I never, never watched the TV show either, though I'm, I'm kind of interested to go back and watch it now.
0: I just thought it was an action movie. It was great. It was kind of like, the, the one good thing about it is you kind of got the gist of what was going on. Like, I couldn't remember anyone. I'm, I'm at that age now. I was like, what the fuck are these people's names? Right. It's like, oh, it's, oh, it's Chalamet. Oh, it's Momoa. Like, that's yeah. all I needed to know.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. And right. So they have like big the, I I think for for a really good science fiction movie like that, you should have big movie stars in it. Like either you either need to do, you know, the uh, a, like, you know, kind of all new fresh cast type thing, or have, you know, really big um, movie stars in it, which they did right with I mean, everyone in that pretty much is a, a huge star.
0: Yeah, like the visual effects in it were incredible. The action was incredible. I didn't realize it was like a part one. I just assumed it would all be in one movie. I was wrong. I, I didn't really know anything about it besides like the cast. I know that Denis Villeneuve was the director whose work I have very much enjoyed over the years. What else did I see? Oh, I, I haven't seen Le Creepierre yet, which is mind-blowing because I see every PTA movie that comes out like opening night. And I just, I've been busy and haven't gotten around to seeing it yet, which is, I, I'm I'm mad at myself because I really want to see it wait what haven't you seen licorice pizza
1: i don't even know no clue really yeah yeah is this something is this something i need to see
0: i would assume so like i what, what's it 91 percent on rotten tomatoes figured it would have been higher but i you know, it's pt anderson's new movie
1: all right well uh a uh, big bradley cooper guy i could uh, uh maybe i'll put maybe i'll put this one on the list
0: I think it's only playing in very limited places. I know that like the screenings around me, That's there's two things that I found out since I've moved that I really don't like. One is when I was flying to Vegas, it was just a clusterfuck. I ended up almost missing my flight because I have to connect everywhere. There's no directs from here. So I have to connect in Toronto or Montreal or New York and then fly somewhere else. So, And the weather is just all over the place here so we were a bit delayed coming out I almost missed my connector going down to Vegas we were delayed leaving Vegas there was a snowstorm in Toronto when I Uh. got to Toronto and then I missed my flight back to where I was going and then I had to stay in Toronto the night then my flight was delayed another six hours the next day it was I just being in Toronto was so much easier I'd show up to the airport and could legit fly direct to anywhere in the world
1: yeah uh, that is that is a big perk of living in a huge city like that. Uh, at the, wow, it's really fucking annoying. I haven't flown. I've only flown out of here once, but it it is annoying that uh, we're St. Louis is not a Southwest hub, which means that pretty much anywhere flying out of here, I have to find a, an annoying amount of connecting flights, which I I don't enjoy. I, I'm not a huge fan of running around in airports.
0: I'm guessing that you your hubs are
1: either atlanta or chicago kansas city is a southwest hub so flying out of kansas city was amazing you could get you could get anywhere um but yeah a a lot of the uh, most i i would assume most of the flights here connect out of chicago is is what ends up happening
0: okay yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I have been, I, I've only ever actually been to Chicago once yet. I've been in that airport probably 30 times a bunch of times. Yeah. 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 Uh, what huh? was the other thing that I really disliked about living here? It was mainly that. Yeah. It was mainly the flying. It was the first time it really hit me. I was like, Oh my God, this is horrible. Yeah. you're Just really it, it, ad- it added a legit day and a half to my trip.
1: <laughs> oh, that's dude. That does suck. Yeah. Um, no, that is uh that's like a uh unique thing just if you live anywhere uh or if you come from a place with uh that's far away from an airport like it's just so hard for me to go back and visit my hometown cuz I can't fly there. Like I like the the amount of hoops I, like it just makes more sense to drive the 7 hours or whatever, which is just it's just fucking horrible.
0: Yeah, that's not, that's far I would never go. I've been seven back hours I've been in back a car?
1: I, I've been back twice and I moved three and a half years ago
0: that's rough did, did did you go back for christmas or anything like that thanksgiving i've been ah.
1: that's the, those are the two times i've been back and uh yeah it sucks and it sucks no one no one wants to drive that far
0: traveling internationally was fun though they they lifted the mask mandate in vegas like two days before i got there so it was just weird being in a place with no one wearing masks no for masks. the first time in ages I love that, that was that's what great. it was like
1: for me walking in the grocery store the other day and realizing no one was wearing masks i was like ah. Oh.
0: It's kind of weird. Are, are we going to have a thing now where? Because I, I talked to my grandma about it. I mean, she's old. It's my grandma, and you know, I'm almost forty, so uh, you better imagine she's getting up there in age. She talked about like she thinks that she might still want to wear her mask when she's out in public. Like she doesn't. She's like it, she's like I don't know if it actually does anything, but it makes me feel more comfortable. Like with this going around, I really don't want to get this kind of thing. And like, are people going to harass people who wear masks now? Yes. Like the opposite way? Yes.
1: Yeah which sucks because obviously it affects you in no way at all. In fact, yeah. anything, it's better for you if someone wears a mask, but I guarantee you there will be uh, there. There will absolutely be, you know, news story guy gets guy gets beat beat up. You know, fight happens because guy won't take his mask off at the grocery store or whatever. Like You, you can just put that in stone right now.
0: I had a friend driving through the States not too long ago. Uh, for work and uh, he went to either like a a liquor store or something like that as he was kind of driving through and going to his hotel and he wore his mask inside the place and like they were adamant like you cannot wear that in here he was telling me after that he's like it was really bizarre uh just because everyone from in canada at least was used to wearing masks and i i assume it had to do with the place gets robbed so much that they can't have people covering their faces what what state was he in i want to say it was vermont or
1: new york state like upper new york state oh that's weird i would say if that happened to him here it would just be because it you know that's trump like like if i was to drive an hour uh west of my house and go into like a gas station in like a small little town or whatever and wore a mask they would ask me to take it off because like it's trump country and they don't they don't want to support you know those weak-hearted libs like that would it wouldn't be because they got robbed it would be because they are uh, just opposed to masks
0: oh well i guess that would be i mean but that that
1: wouldn't be the case in vermont or upper new york i don't think
0: though. it'd be the case in vermont where is it vermont or new hampshire that's really like live for which one's the live free or die
1: state well that's a great i think delaware but i can't no I it's can't, not delaware it's, it's new hampshire or vermont i'm pretty sure it's vermont I just assumed all of those upper Eastern starboard places are, are full of hoity toity libs, but it's actually new. It's, it's
0: New Hampshire. New Hampshire is live free or die. Okay. Well, I just remember seeing a lot of those license plates around when I was growing up. I was like, that's an aggressive. look. Yeah. Very (laughs)
1: aggressive. Uh, that, that just, I mean, that's something I don't know about my own country. I have no idea the political climate of New Hampshire or Vermont or Rhode Island or any, I just that all that stuff is just like lower New York in my brain.
0: Ah, yeah. Well, it wouldn't be lower New York. It'd be upper New York, wouldn't it?
1: Well, I mean, fuck if I know. I don't I don't know anything about geography.
0: Yeah, that's tough scene for Americans. Don't get taught that, do you?
1: No, I mean, I think I think you you stop learning geography in like the seventh grade in the States. But yeah, there are always those funny like, you know, viral videos or whatever showing that Americans just literally don't have a clue where anything is in the world.
0: Well, they can't teach you geography when they have to teach you critical race theory 24 (laughs) hours a day.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that is, that is, that's the critical race theory stuff is really funny to me.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't really get it. It's, it's a real American thing. (laughs) I feel like getting upset about it.
1: No, like it's, it's the most American storyline ever. Like, oh, and then it, oh man. And then, then you get into the whole debate of like, you know, public schools versus, you know, charter schools and everything. And it's just like, oh, fucking don't want to talk about this anymore.
0: Again, it's almost like the American healthcare system, like charter schools versus public schools. I I don't, I I don't even know what a charter school is. Is that like a private
1: school? Yeah, more or less.
0: But like, Uh, are there, but are there also private, like are there private schools, charter schools and public schools? Like it seems. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot going on.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big, you know pro public school guy but there are just people who are adamant that that uh, the public school system is bad and and shouldn't continue um and that all schools should be privatized to some degree which seems insane to me uh but you know
0: is that that a real thing that all all school people believe that all schools should be
1: privatized (laughs) yes
0: yeah that's 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 an aggressive stance
1: it's uh, it it is an. You know what? You should have you should have Brian Hooper on your show. You guys would have an, an interesting chat, I think.
0: Why is he pro privatization of schools?
1: He's a real hardcore libertarian. Well, would that mean
0: that if you couldn't afford to go to school, you couldn't go to you school? Don't go to
1: school. Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting, America. There you go. Yeah, well,
1: you know, uh we we got a real country here, don't we? <laughs>
0: okay, you, hey, listen, yeah, people say it's it's the uh it's the land of opportunity, the land of opportunity opportunistic opinions, I suppose. That one just seems crazy to me because like one of the main, like another reason that we left Toronto was the public schools are really bad in Toronto unless you live in like one of the really nice areas nice neighborhoods yeah. versus like private schools. So we're talking about when kids are like five and six and seven, like you got to send them, you don't have to, but you send them to like private schools. So they make sure like you get a good education here. Public schools are fine.
1: Like yeah. all of them. <laughs> yeah, like I, that was my experience. Like my public school was good. I have good memories of public school. And I think I learned a lot. I, I think my teachers cared about their jobs. Um, but yeah, certainly that is more of a, a big city thing where, you know, the, the public school system is underfunded relative to the jobs that the public school has to do. And, um, you know, that creates its own, creates its own host of problems.
0: I guess I could see that if if the argument was that all schools should have like the level of education, like that floor of like what a private school would have, I guess I would agree with that. But I just don't think that could ever be the case.
1: Well, right. Uh, and that, you know, the, the argument is just that uh, public schools underserve who they're supposed to serve. And then there's like the further, I, and again, I'm just summarizing this. It's not what I believe, but there's this argument that... Uh, you know society is vast enough and you need people to fulfill a lot of roles so maybe not everyone should go to public you know not maybe not everyone should go to school or needs to go to school or whatever or people should go to trade school instead or or whatever and then you know that extends into the whole uh you know you know college is a fraud argument or whatever
0: i mean i don't necessarily disagree with that far too many people go to college oh yeah need to go to college and that trade school should be something that's i think you see that in a lot of european countries where you kind of go down a path like do you go to a tech school do you go to a science school that kind of thing once you break off and go to high school but again those are all publicly funded like again if you if you want to go to trade school let's say you you come from no money how are you going to afford to go to these schools what do you just do nothing the rest of your life you pump gas
1: yeah i mean i i'm also probably doing a bad job of uh explaining the argument because it's
0: you, you not... might be because this this doesn't sound like anyone would hold this opinion
1: well i i guarantee it is it, it is an opinion that some people think that public school uh that the the public school system as it exists right now should not exist that that is an opinion that is that some people hold
0: okay well i mean reforming how public schools operate would be one thing saying they shouldn't exist would be another thing.
1: Well, right, but then the 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 libertarian argument would be you can't you can't trust. You can't trust the government to run any of these things, so reforming it is a waste of time.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think I would like to hear the more nuanced version of this argument.
1: I can which yeah, I mean I, that's not that's not my job. I don't do nuance, as everyone knows. It's not it's not really my thing. I mean, look, I find I find many of the libertarian arguments about the inefficacy of government to be very persuasive, but I disagree with them on the fundamental level that the answer to those things should be, you know, a, a disbandment or a dissolution of government services. Like that seems insane to me. Well, I mean, a lot of the libertarian arguments, I mean, I think they're completely
0: valid. It's just I don't think any of them really work in principle. Yeah. Like in in reality, they're very difficult to implement because people need support.
1: Yeah, that's what not, that's not everyone's what,
0: a mountain man.
1: <laughs> that's what that's what and that's what uh, I, I talk about on the shows with Brian, which is the difference between a philosophy class argument and, uh, you know, a real a real world application of these theories, because exactly what you said. People, I mean, not only do people need support, but you know, we need roads, right? We need, (laughs) we need, we need, and, and we need, uh, you know, things to stop, uh, price gouging and, and shit like that. Like you, no, no one would really want to live in a world without these protections. And then the libertarian argument would be actually these protections make things way worse. And, and, uh, government oversight means that we don't really live in a free market economy and that all the government, protections here actually make the free it, it not a free market and it doesn't work the right way and to which i say uh i don't know yeah i,
0: I don't really have much of an idea either I, I think that when you involve government everything becomes more expensive just because you know there is going to be oversight there is going to be inefficiency but everyone likes to talk about you know whether it be free market or whether it be a democracy well democracy is not really democracy in the true sense of it it's like yeah, it's when you a see republic it, it's like when you see these socialist countries, well, they're not really socialist countries. They have elements of socialism in them combined with capitalism and, well, and, and, and democracy. And, and, and <laughs>
1: in real socialism, you don't have elections, right? No. That's, that's the biggest thing. And, and you know all these, all these Scandinavian countries have, um, have elections. So yeah, the socialism
0: true. aspect of it is more of just a social safety net than anything else.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, uh, that, I, I agree with that for sure. I just had something I was going to ask you. And then I just I just lost me
0: was it i I didn't see what it was about but I saw you getting beat up on the internet pretty bad like a week ago did I yeah I th- I mean from based on like the replies that
1: I saw it just kept popping up on my did you have did you say something that like triggered some like a uh, triggered people probably I just you know I have so many people muted that uh that I don't like when if I if I do say something that gets me beat up I don't really see. Uh, any of the responses, to be honest. Okay. Let's see here. What do I, I can't. Uh, no, no, got it. I can't find yeah, it. I assume find it anything. was just some sort of like
0: bold statement that you made that you probably didn't even believe. And then,
1: oh, it was the Time
0: Person of the Year with
1: Putin on it. Oh yeah, no, I, I was definitely right about that. Do you uh, not know like the history of Time Magazine? No, I get it. Uh, I so so you know obviously the response is bro you didn't read the article they were saying it's just that he was the most impactful person not that he is good Uh, to which I say first off obviously no one reading that understands that but more importantly so so what you're
0: saying is that an institution that's been doing this for almost 100 years doing the same thing that because that people don't have nuance they should stop doing what they've done
1: no I was using it to make the broader point that the western world has basically just kind of like chuckled Putin off and been willing to play uh play ball with him uh for the last 20 years when we all knew that this was his end game
0: that doesn't it, from the tweet that you wrote that's not what i gathered your argument was by the way
1: <laughs> oh yeah i mean look there there are <laughs> there are many tweets where i press send and just walk away or whatever and and just take it with what it with what it is but that was my that was my Thought process, but obviously, if you send that tweet, you don't get any engagements. You know, and engagements are what pays the bills. Did you feel like people were agreeing with you on that one, or pretty anti you in that one? I mean, I I just don't think I read very many of the replies. I would assume I would assume that most intelligent people understand that the Western world's uh, lenient attitude towards Vladimir Putin for the last twenty years has been uh, a net negative and had i made that point in a more eloquent fashion they would have yeah because what you
0: put out doesn't have say even remotely resemble that point
1: <laughs> Most uh, that, that was
0: not even in the top 100 things i would
1: take away from that tweet <laughs> well we can always be a little bit better at communicating on the internet you should teach Maybe a class about how not to do it well, you're really good at Twitter because you just don't fucking engage with people at all, which is yeah. so smart. That's that's the move. It's re- I mean, it's it is by far and away the move. No, want to know the close. move?
0: Delete the app from your phone.
1: I have done that before. I have gone through stages of not having the app. It is. uh you're you're right. That is absolutely the move.
0: Cause I, cause I heard you and Pete talk about, I'm a bit guilty of carrying my laptop with me and working from floor to floor if I'm at home, but you guys only doing your work on like your actual desktop computer, I think is super sharp. I think that's a great idea. So I've tried to limit the ways I can work off my phone just so I'm not
1: always doing something. Well, if I'm bored, I'm like, well, I could probably bang out a few emails. Yeah. (laughs) Rather than having email time in the morning. I mean, yeah, that is, especially for you, because you are uh, a boss, you're, you're stirring, you're stirring lots of pots. I can see, I can see that being a huge challenge for you of just like having time to, there like to, to have your, your, the back of your brain, not in work mode, which is uh, horrible for, you know, our stress levels and all that shit. Yeah. I'm trying to do a better job with that.
0: Um, going forward. I do have a new partnership. I want to run this idea by you. It's an idea that I've had for a while. One of the main reasons that I wanted to start Mayo Media Network. And some of the plans are coming, finally coming to fruition. It's hard to get people to sign on to this, though. I uh, actually am starting a partnership with Run Pure Sports. So with Big T, Tambo. Big T. Tambo's lo- I like Big T a lot. Uh, sure. We've had some fun on the show. Tambo's local to me. But it's kind of irrelevant with that, is that they're doing content on my network starting this week they're doing it like i have really nothing to do with it besides being the hosting platform for people to see it um and it's sort of like a one v one partnership like they produce the content they sell run peer sports the content appears on my network and we're just going to kind of see how it goes see if this is something that's successful it was my argument that i have a very big golf audience they want to do i mean obviously they want to sell packages sure. and things like that and make their people more noteworthy i said hey why don't you just brought instead of doing it on your youtube channel where you already have those customers why right don't you just exactly do it on my channel where there's a huge golf audience who might that not doesn't already you subscribe do to you yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm interested to see how this works out. And I think that I always wanted Mayo Media Network to be a place where people from any site could kind of do these sorts of things that I would like, even with you guys at Sports Grid, I know that you guys have the big platform and everything, but if you had a show that you wanted to get out to people, that Mayo Media could really be a hub for all these different providers.
1: Um, I mean, I, I, I think it is uh, super interesting. And I, th- I mean, just at a very base level, it, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Because of what you were just pointing out, which is that your uh, your subscriber margins probably don't overlap. Um, so like, or 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 would not be like a Venn diagram, but it would the Venn diagram of people who subscribe to the Run Peer Sports YouTube channel and who already pay for the package is probably a perfect circle. So it's like you're doing content for free who are already paying you when the idea is to sell more subscriptions. I mean, I could I could see that being um quite a successful, mod, like a successful partnership for male media. Cause you have the distribution, which is like the most important thing.
0: Yeah. And I mean, in this sort of partnership, there's no, like, I, I'm not making money off this, but I think it's good for me to like, to help bring new people in that they might bring over and have this content that I know that people do want. So maybe want. It can grow that way that I can help grow my channel while helping them out at the same time, uh, especially if they're producing high quality content. I think it's an interesting concept.
1: I, I think that's, uh, I think that's a very interesting concept. Um, I mean, I, I would wonder if it progresses for a while, if it makes sense for you, right? Like that, that would be, that would be, I'd be like, well, you know, it's, con- it's basically, it's basically free content for you. And maybe that is the reward in and of itself. And I'm sure, you know, you're generating, you know, ad revenue and, and yeah, subscription you, clicks and stuff.
0: Sneaky thing about, uh, YouTube ad revenue. It's really not that much it's, fun. it's not, yeah, it's not great. Um, but yeah, I would have to, if this really works out, eventually you know, it gets to the point where if I bring on other contributors, that whenever they're doing a show on Mayo Media Network, when they're selling their packages, yeah, that the you promo get, code that it they it turns have into to a referral is, deal. Yeah, is promo code Mayo, and then I get a cut of every sale that comes in. I mean, that's I'm not doing that right now because I want to have proof of concept that this is actually going to work and it does generate a lot of sales, but I assume that's the easiest way to, for me to monetize something like that going forward, but I do need the sign off from these places too, that they're generating enough subscriptions to make it worth their while to produce that content on their own. Cause it's not cheap to produce content.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think um, I, I, yeah, I can see that. I can see that being successful for both parties. I mean that you, we see that in uh, you know, larger media all the time, like Pat McAfee, you know, signs these deals with all these places just to get, to get more. I don't even know if McAfee sells anything. Um, but so, yeah, he,
0: you, he sells FanDuel. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that's, that's his thing now, which is, uh, yeah. I mean, distribution is the key. You know, you sell your, you sell your podcast for, for more distribution or Joe, Joe Rogan signs his shit away for a hundred million dollars. Cause he gets massive. And I assume I, I've not listened to his show, but I assume he sells lots of stuff and does referral codes and things.
0: I believe with Spotify, it's less
1: of that. That's sort of like why Spotify buys it. Buys it. Yeah, that makes sense, too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, this is a crazy headline as if we're going to talk about Spotify. Do you know that they paid the the Prince and Meghan Markle like $30 million to do a podcast and they did one episode?
0: I didn't realize it only lasted one
1: episode, but I heard
0: those figures at the time. Yeah, I've been yeah. talking to Spotify, by the way.
1: We love to, we love to hear it. Um, so... That that just led me to, to uh this point that there's not a, a, a genre of podcast I find less interesting than celebrity person X or celebrity person Y gets real. You know what I mean? Like like I just I just absolutely hate that shit. Like could not be less interested. I, I think it all depends on the person. I mean, there like certainly I- there are some celebrities maybe that I would listen to, but by and large like listening to a famous person do a podcast is not I now I do like when podcast hosts I really like interview famous people because they are good at their job and they know how to answer the questions or ask the questions rather
0: I think that there would be something intriguing especially if it was Prince Harry and Meghan Markle that if they actually told you what kind of happened in their lives I think that'd be a a peek behind the curtain that people would want to hear like I have no idea what they actually get up to.
1: Well, I guess that's, I guess that's true. I guess I would just assume that it, uh, most of those shows function as just like a, a PR arm for whatever it is and that it's not actually, it's not actually anything real. Like it's not actually, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I maybe, maybe I could listen to some, well, probably don't need to be adding more podcasts into my life at this point. I, I have enough that go on, listen to. No, I'm always on the lookout for new good podcasts.
0: I've been getting back into like late nineties wrestling podcasts.
1: Give a shout out. What, what's the, what's the late nineties wrestling podcast of choice? Oh, I was just,
0: I mean, I don't think that it especially needs a shout out, but I've been catching up with like the, the grilling JR podcast, the one with Bruce Pritchard, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. I think those are like the two of the bigger wrestling ones. Um, Just recapping like survivor series 99. It's like, I remember watching that.
1: There, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than I remember that. I mean, that, that, that's my favorite podcast is remember this, that Simpsons episode. And that is that's basically the entire premise of the show. And it's the best.
0: I feel like I listened to a Simpsons podcast. and I found it really
1: annoying. Which one?
0: I can't remember. Everything Springfield, I think it was
1: called. There's there's two there's two really big ones. One of them are hosted by two gals and one of them is hosted by two two guys. It was two gals. I listened to it.
0: Um, didn't enjoy it.
1: Yeah, that it is for me. That it. Yeah. So I haven't listened to that one either, uh, but I have listened to I, I do listen to Talking Simpsons, which is two guys, uh, Bob Mackie and Henry something. And they're really good. And that's my that's my favorite one. Yeah, I don't know
0: if I'd want to get into a, a Simpsons podcast. i just I've seen it all so many times. Like I feel like I know
1: what there is to know. Well, that's, that's the point. And I, I, and I, I have not listened to the other one, but the, the talking Simpsons ones gets very, very, very deep into it. And they they've interviewed the writers and uh, a lot of the showrunners and stuff. So they get lots of, you know, kind of stories of like, you know, what would have been going on then and everything.
0: Yeah. I get that. I don't know if I, I really care that much about that though.
1: Well, if you, I mean, if you don't care, then it would not be, would not be the show for you
0: yeah I mean I, I just kind of wanted like I I would just enjoy recap podcast much better than I would enjoy like really in depth like behind the scenes type stuff like I, I just don't care
1: I really I really would like to find a good episode by episode uh, X-Files podcast because I'm i re-watching the X-Files right now and I oh, would where look- are you at I am almost at the end of season six so almost to the end of all the good episodes do you, do you have
0: a favorite X-Files episode oh <sighs> Because I, I can tell you mine off the top of my head. What which one is it? Uh, it's the June bug episode. I think it's from season two, I want to say. The one where they it's they they have they have to investigate the murder of like the Kearney show. And it has any idea what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I I honestly I like most of the mythology episodes. Like I I I like um, you know, I like the like the monster of the week ones are great, obviously um but i i really enjoy the you know the ones where they get into the the deeper story of of uh you know what is what is going on with the you know the alien human hybrid the syndicate and all that stuff cigarette smoking man
0: i can't figure out how to turn off my messenger on this Mac Mini that I
1: just <laughs>
0: bought, so this is probably a good time to to get out of here because Cust is losing his mind because we got him to book a uh, book the golf simulator at our golf course. Ooh, and he's just struggling, and he's literally sent us sixty messages in the past two minutes. So All right, well gotta-
1: go 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 tend to Cust. everyone. Mister Mail, follow him, listen to the show. We will uh, we'll be back soon.